Welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan, and today we're talking about crop diseases. Now, this comes on the back of what's been a pretty good season in the Mallee in 2022. We had a lot of spring and summer rainfall, and I think one of the drawbacks of that, not that there's many drawbacks of that in the Mallee, is that we tend to see more leaf diseases, and that's not something that we're used to dealing with. So, our guest today is Alastair Crawford, who's the Market Development Manager at Adamant, and he works across southern New South Wales, Victoria and Tasmania. Welcome, Alastair. Great to have you on the program today. What was last season like? Yeah, it was the most amazing season we've probably ever seen. So I've been doing this 35 years. I've developed a lot of products, a lot of fungus over that time. I used to sell Balaton into one hill. That's how long we go, uh, we go back. So when the WA strain of rust came in, in in 2003, we had quite a lot of rust in 2005. But this season was three times anything I've seen before. I've never seen anything even remotely like it. And there's some very good reasons for that, um, which we'll probably talk to as we go through. So it's just something you don't expect. It's really out of the box. So it's definitely a one in 30 year event sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important to touch on because for a lot of Mallee farmers, leaf diseases are not something we're used to dealing with year in, year out. We're used to dealing with normally hot, dry finishes to the season. We do get diseases, but they're not front of mind when it comes to planning a cropping program normally. And I think it's worthwhile mentioning that farmers in the Mallee are used to dealing with dry season decision making. But when we get a really exceptionally wet season, they're not decisions that we're used to practicing. So I think sometimes leaf disease can catch us unawares. So what sort of diseases did we see last year and what was that result of? That was mainly the wet finish. Yeah. So because we had an inch of rain from August onwards, we had nearly an inch of rain every week being where you are, but it wasn't far from that no matter where you were. This means you get long periods of leaf wetness. So as soon as we get that, disease tends to take off. So we do most of our registration trials, obviously, in the Western District because you're guaranteed to get disease because you get long periods of leaf wetness. So with that is temperature as well. So what happens in the Mallee is there will be disease there often, but it just doesn't go anywhere because as soon as it warms up, it dries up and it warms up. So dry rust is the was the major disease last year. It just had conditions that suited it really well, stayed cool and wet for long. So it operates between sort of 13 to 25 degrees. We just happen to stay in that temperature zone for a long period of time. What normally happens in the Mallee is it warms up, dries up, and the temperatures go and strike rust doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So we do know that, but the big challenge for dryland farmers and drier land farmers is when we need to step it up. That's the big challenge. Obviously, there's some major issues as far as the varieties at the moment. So we're seeing what you see in the susceptibility. So if you're susceptible to strike rust, which, you know, scepter, razor, most of our varieties that we're growing at the moment are, they're either MS or worse. And so we see those diseases on strike rust and powdery mildew being the other one. We didn't see much powdery mildew. It tends to wash off when you get it wet. So we didn't mm-hmm. see as much of that last year, but we may see more this year. All right. So what are the implications of that going into this year then? Because our varieties are susceptible, volunteers breed up the disease more than we would like. So if you have MS or above, you have a resistant or moderate resistant to moderately susceptible type variety, 
they tend not to breed up the disease as much because the volunteers don't get the disease as much. So it's all a numbers game. So it's all about how many spores were out there last year. Last year, the amount of spores round in the environment, strike rust, because the, the conditions really suited now set varieties, just was something I've never seen before. So in trials, and I don't have that many trials in the Mallee for obvious reasons, but we definitely saw in trials last year, to maximise your yield, you needed three spray, which in dry land environment, you know, in North of Swan Hill is just unheard of. We just don't see that. So yeah. normally no spray or one spray is enough. Last year, because of the conditions and the yield potential, probably needed three sprays. We did get some feedback from growers. Some people were disappointed with their wheat yields last year. Some people did really well, some people didn't, and perhaps that came down to that, that second or third spray. Yeah. So we had trials where we lost about one and a half ton without that sort of head, and we normally wouldn't even think of doing a head spray in that environment because it just warms up. But this year, so we have trials all over the place. We do about 20 to 30 trials a year, and so we have, depending on circumstances, we have trials. I actually had to go to trials and say, no, we need to do a head spray over the whole trial or it will dramatically reduce that yield just because of what was going on. So we had trials where we did two sprays. We had trials where we did one spray. We had trials where we did three sprays. And the ones with one spray were nearly half the yield. The ones without spray were in the zone of 20 to 30% of the yield. We just don't normally see that dramatic condition. So what that means for this year is that the summer rains about volunteers. So how many spores and what really worried about in the Mallee is really strike rust. So we powder mildew, it is a concern, but strike rust can half your yield. So it could be really dramatic as it defoliates, whereas powder mildew could cost you, say, maximum 25% around figures. It hasn't got the same potential yield loss. Sectoria is also, there's a lot of Sectoria about, but it's not really an issue for the Mallee. So because it, it's a wet disease, it's got to stay wet for a long period of time, and that very rarely happens. And even last year, what happened last year is that the strike rust took over it. So you've got, you got these diseases competing. Yeah. Your strike rust is competing with your powder mildew, juice, competing with your Sectoria, depending on what your suitability and your variety is. And you get this and last year, the strike rust went out. So in our trials, we did a wheat trial, apart from the Western District where we did get a lot of Sectoria, it's just a strike rust trial. So I had powdery mildew trials trying to look at powdery mildew with very susceptible varieties, but the strike rust was just so aggressive. It just took over. So this year, we know there has been a bit of summer rain, probably not as much as last year, but New South Wales. So last year, we had this huge rain through New South Wales. It was pretty well. I saw strike rust, oh, say near Horsham places that had a bit of rain, I saw it in April. Yeah. So that just breeds the numbers up. All New South Wales had volunteer weight that blows in. So that's where it's coming from. That's So that's where the pressure's coming from. This year's probably similar to slightly less. So we know there's potential. I'm a big fan of impacting power. I don't sell it, but the trifold on fertilizer is a really good option in the dry environments. I see is sort of a half rate at home, but more than me, um, there and that really helps because it really delays gives you time to cost but it does help a lot so there'll be a lot more of that use this year because it gives you time that works until, until the august period september period depending on rate and rainfall and rates revolution and things and then that gives you time to sort out whether you need to use fungicides or not so it's all about weather yeah so cool weather plenty of rainfall you've got to be on the ball 
And all the products, all the fungicides we sell, and all the fungicides work better pre-infection than post. So you do get epoxyconazole, red cell soprano, which is the best on strike rust. You do get 12-day kickback. It's much better if you do it pre-infection. So while the crop's still being... I think that's always been the challenge for the Mallee too. Like, I think we know that prevention is better than cure. And when you're trying to keep your input costs down and you're unsure of how the season's going to play out, that's always been the challenge. Just to summarise the decision to to do that extra third spray last year, one in 30 event might be another 30 years. It could be another two years. It could be another 10 years before we see another spring like the one we saw last year. What would you say was the key tipping point for making that decision at the time, what were the crop indicators perhaps to make that decision at the time to go that third spray? Well, it's easy for me because I have uh, untreated and I have beards yep. of fungus like that quite as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really see it coming in. But it's really driven by weather. There was two things. One, you know there's a lot of pressure. We knew there was a lot of pressure last year. We saw strike rust south of Porsche in, in July, which is temperature. So it's based on temperature. So it's got to get to 15 degrees maximum temperatures before you start to see it. In Mali, that can happen quite early, of course. So in a sense, you, if you get the weather, you're actually almost more exposed in the Mali than you are. So the Western District strike rust wasn't a problem last year. It's too cool. Right. Yes. It didn't go absorbed till very late. So it happened really late. So it's a temperature-driven thing as well. So the decision to Head spray, one can do it. The problem with the Mali is you've got large areas and you've got to realise whether they actually do it or not. Well, I think that decisions are a very remote position. I think that, that what's probably more likely is do we have to do a flag lash spray. Now, with these set of varieties, so conditions, if you've got crop potential, if you've got subsoil land, will you, then you do it. So the decision for me is what's the crop potential? Is there subsoil moisture? Is the forecast all right? And have we had leaf wetness? And... What is the spore load? There's some really good stuff coming. There's some we're working on models, disease models. There's a fair bit of work being done on spore capture. So those sort of things would be great to, to have just add to our knowledge base to try mm-hmm. and make decision. But really those five things is what I would base an application or not on. Yeah. No, that's some great advice there. How many of these diseases, you talk about disease carryover on volunteers coming into this season how many of these diseases do we need to worry about carrying over on the stubble yes yeah, so let's talk we'll talk wheat which is the ma- major crops so powdered mildew is on stubble and on volunteers so that's quite a problematic disease we can't really even spraying the volunteers so with strike rust if you spray all the volunteers you'll reduce the inoculum quite a lot because the, the problem you have of course is a fair bit of irrigation in the riverina they will always have a certain amount. That's why we get, they hardly ever get strike rust, which is amazing. I just thought my head in a bit, but I think it's because we have irrigation. Even somewhere in the Riverina, there's going to be a paddock of wheat that's got rice or something that's got the edge and the volunteers come and we get some strike rust because we get strike rust pretty well every year. And I think yeah. me is probably why. Yeah. So having that, so that's their volunteers. So is a stubble-borne disease and, of course, yellow leaf spot. Now, we haven't seen yellow leaf spot because our varieties are not set. So when we had Scout, and Scout did really well with stripe rust this year, very old, old variety, that's MRMS, more tolerance, stripe rust that things like SEPTA and Vixen get build up because that's what we're growing. Because I think SEPTA is something like 80% of our wheat. So that's great. Now, if you were to talk about barley, 
really they're all summer-borne diseases. So in the Mallee, they're worried about spot form and net blotch is the big one. Net form can be, and it's very aggressive. That's a wet disease, whereas your spot form and net blotch can happen in the when it's relatively dry. Again, you get powdery mildew and barley, but the varieties aren't as susceptible as the wheats are. So it's really interesting, I see it, because six years ago, maybe seven years now, I'd never seen a biscuit wheat with powdery mildew ever. In the 30 years before that, I'd never, ever seen it. And that's because of the variety. We've suddenly gone to very set of varieties. It just comes from nowhere. So seeing that dynamics, yeah, that disease dynamics all the time. Sounds like you were very busy last year. Yes. Yeah. Why? I deal with the compatibilities and that sort of stuff. So I would have had, I would get 300 phone calls a year on disease, fungicides, all the compatibility, yeah. mixing, do we, don't we, all that stuff. Last year, panic, you get a lot of phone calls because people sprayed last year, you get infection. And there's a latent period. So the point between infection of a leaf and seeing the disease in stripe rust, say, in the cool conditions last year is about two weeks to probably three weeks. Earlier on, it would have been three weeks. And so if you've sprayed two weeks into that latent period, you'll see the disease. So you spray and then the disease comes out. And so you had a lot of drops being sprayed last year and then going all yellow because you've actually not controlling the disease that's already there. Yeah. So that's why we always talk about prevention rather than cure. Absolutely. Yeah. The disease we see in the crop is the end. That's the spores coming out the end of its disease cycle. So, that, yeah, that's something that we've got to understand. Yeah. In terms of new product development and compatibility and just general spray application, what were some of the key messages from last year that you were giving to growers? Yep. So... First thing, let's talk about application. One, timing is everything. So I'm much concerned, more concerned about the timing than the, the fungicide. So I can rate all the fungicides with all the diseases because that's the work we do. If you have stripe rust, for example, which is the major disease, boxiconazole, which we call soprano, then you have tepiconazole, which is very good. Tepiconazole is quite cheap. That's a good option for the Mali. We call it aureus. And then you probably go down to lesser ones like um, bumper, which is propiconazole. Is quite cheap, but it's not as not as good. You don't get the length, you don't get the kickback, the control, what's actually there. It's good. So there's that side of it. The thing that really matters to me is we want a medium to cause droplet. So if you have very fine droplets, when you get drift, obviously, but they tend to hit the top of the canopy, and that's good to get good control at the top of the canopy. We, we want to get control right through the canopy. These products are systemic. They do move in the leaf up with the water stream. Well, they do work very well, but we want a medium to coarse droplets. So I tend to go to the bottom and not to the top as well. So what we want is medium to coarse droplets, which is a little bit different because all our herbicides want very coarse esters, want very coarse, which is not ideal. So ideally, we want medium to coarse so we get right through the canopy in this frame. So yeah, try and get that right. One of the factors we have to Compatibility? Oh, compatibility. We have a really good hand talk to the agronomist about that. We put out, so if you want to know the compatibility of Soprano, just go to our website and there's the compatibility sheet there. I hope there is because it should be. So normally for each amount of products, we have a compatibility sheet that tells you what's compatible and what's not. Also with that, there's actually a, we also give a mixing guide, which tells you in which order for the different products in. Have a product type. So Soprano is a suspension concentrate. And you might have ECs, or you might have SBA or BE as an EC. So you put Soprano in first and then the SBA in second. So that's there as well. And we do 
if we develop a new product, we do those compatibilities in the process. Those two things, we do the physical compatibility, which is in that guide, but we also do crop damage because obviously if you're mixing things, there's a potential damage. And so we do that as well, try and ensure we cover as much as we can. Obviously, there's some things you can't do everything. I can guarantee you we can't. There's some things you have to be putting with us. Yeah, put the agronomist and unsure. We might grab some of those links and put them in the show notes so people know where to find them. That's been a tremendous summary of what happened last year and a few really good tips for people going into this year. I guess I've just written down a few tea take homes. Tell me if I've left anything out here, but we really need to take strop rust seriously in the Mallee. It's the, probably the key disease we need to look out for and be on the lookout for when conditions are conducive for diseases. So if we're going into a wet spring or a predicted wet spring, that's the time to be on the lookout. And there's also some disease alerts out there that might help with that. Perhaps the start of the season is when it's worthwhile taking a look at these things and talk to your agronomist. So anything I've missed there? No. I think talking to agronomists is a really good thing because even when I was farming, and I'm an agronomist, I always had an agronomist because they know what's going on locally mm. than I do and always talk to them. And these days it's really good because I know instantly if there's strike rust found somewhere, you'll see it on Twitter or somewhere yeah. So it's really good in that way. It's social media now. We know a lot better what's there. Really, we should be forewarned, shouldn't we? We should know. Absolutely. We know it, so we really should be. But something we don't normally think about. Yeah. In the dry areas, it's not something you have to worry about every year. So that makes it just make that a bit harder, doesn't it? That's just sure does. But as soon as you get that weather, you've got to be thinking on the ball. And ultimately, these fungus are actually quite cheap. The straw rust is actually it's relatively easy to control. And it's relatively cheap control. I think the biggest issue for Valley Farm is actually doing it. It's actually spraying it. That's the real challenge. Because mm. you've got areas. How do you physically do it? I think the NAPs the problem last year too is simple getting it done. Yeah, the logistics of it. I hope people don't beat themselves up too much about last season. It was a tremendous season. Things don't always go to plan though, and I think there's some really good lessons we can take out of that if we do run into another year like the one we had last year. Thank you very much, Alistair, for joining us today. We'll put some additional resources in our show notes. And yeah, I hope you're not as busy this year. No, I'm sort of doing, I don't think. We want it to rain. Absolutely, we do. Rain is a very good thing. So it's really interesting because my sales are based on rainfall. It really is a straight line relationship. So the more rains, the better. The better you do. Last year, you could argue maybe not because I did get too wet, but. Anyway, it's good day. Thanks, Tanya. And the Department of Ag have some really good resources. There's sowing guides, there's disease guides, get all the ratings. So that's great. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Tanya. This podcast was brought to you by Local Land Services with funding from the Australian Government's National Land Care Program. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later.